I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Shaw Volume. I'm Nick Ashbourne with Anthony Petrielli. As we record today, Anthony, there are three undefeated teams left in the NHL. We don't normally necessarily get this long in the season with so many teams that are sort of 6-0, and 7-0, but we've got the Vegas Golden Knights, the Colorado Avalanche, and the Boston Bruins have not been beaten yet. When you look at these three teams, which is the one that jumps out at you in terms of being, I mean, they're all impressive. It's impressive to win that many games in a low realistically, but what's the one that really jumps out? Uh, the one that jumps out, I guess, somewhat as a surprise, of course, is Boston, just because obviously they lost Patrice Bergeron. It's an irreplaceable player. David Krejci is, I wouldn't say he's irreplaceable, but he's been a massive piece of that franchise and playoff Krejci over the years alone has been particularly noteworthy for them. I like it that they're undefeated in the sense that for all the talk of their demise, they didn't lose anyone on defense. I think defense is still the hardest thing for people to evaluate and and sort of sort through. And to me, the Bruins have one of the best defensemen in the league in Charlie McVoy. And then that kind of sets the tone for their overall defense core. Like it, it's an elite defense core. I really like what they're doing on that side of things. They were obviously very good defensively last season. They're second in save percentage so far um, this season at five on five. I think that's the kind of thing that they can actively maintain. I think their goaltending tandem is really, really good. The fact that there's two of them instead of just one that are high-end guys. And then I obviously have to just plug in that Colorado was my cup pick. They're off to a hot start. I just, they very much to me look like a team that last year, it was like a bit of a cup hangover season. And and this season, they're just very much bad. Like if I was looking around the league as to who scares me, it would be Colorado. I just... Knock on wood, hope that Gabriel Landeskog can come back. Like they're doing this without him. So imagine he comes back. Yeah. And I don't like to rubber stamp your ideas, but Colorado was the team that came to mind for me. <laughs> uh, you know, they have had a slightly more difficult schedule than Vegas. Neither team has been particularly difficult, but Colorado's beat the Hurricanes, for instance. Vegas has not really played anybody. Colorado has been better on the possession side. We know that Vegas is maybe like better than they seem on that side, just because of the way they play defense. But when you're out shooting teams by sort of like almost 10 shots a game, like the avalanche, like the avalanche are dominating games consistently, like week in week, week out in a way that Vegas isn't quite doing. Boston's interesting. Like you said, I think that their ability to keep that high state percentage up 
will probably come from that decor that is so good, has been good for years. And we always thought that Bergeron was a huge part of that in terms of minimizing chances. And like, again, this is an irreplaceable player. I do expect that team will come down to earth a little bit. Like the save percentage is great, but it's like, it's, it's at the sort of unsustainable level. Whereas with Colorado, you know, there aren't too many holes you can poke there. Like you hope that Landis Cog comes back. Obviously you don't really know what he will be at the point when he could potentially come back. But you just look at the the top of that roster. Like you're always just drawn in by the star power. Like Rantanen has been unbelievable in the early going. We know what McCarr can do. We know what McKinnon can do. Yeah, it's insane what the top of this lineup can do. And it's easy to get seduced by star power sometimes. Like sometimes that's, you know, from an analyst perspective, sometimes you can get sucked in and it's the wrong thing to do. Uh, But at the same time with this Avalanche team, when you combine that sort of solid team play, the possession game with this top level talent, it's it's really hard to think of a reason why this isn't going to be dangerous. And the goaltending, which was a bit of a question mark last year, now we have like very strong proof of concept of what you're going to get there. And that's been excellent so far as well. So would anyone argue against Kale McCarr being the best defenseman in the league? Like realistically, I, I don't think anyone would no. fight that. No, that's silly. And, like you're you're doing a Stephen A. Smith thing if you're doing that. Yeah, right. Like there's so there's no and Nathan McKinnon like I generously like comfortably like just to like I would argue he's the second best player in the league, but like I don't think anyone would really say that he's like not a top five player in the league. And yeah, so absolutely. you're just kind of looking going, you know, top two to five player in the league, top defenseman. So it's probably two of the top two to five players in the league. And, you know, even beyond the cup hangover, just last playoffs against Seattle, it's like they were like, those guys were clearly the best players in the series. They just didn't have anything beyond them, right? Like they tried trading for Lars Eller that, you know, he just kind of looked on his last legs, much like him right now on the, and the Pittsburgh team that he's playing on very much just completely last legs all around there. So now they did actually reinforce some real depth on that team. You know, McKinnon is third on their team in scoring right now, and they haven't lost a game. It's like they lost Val Nakushin in that series. Like they, to me, they they just seem like like we're doing this again. But like that, that's just the vibe I got from them. I'm a little bit, I'll be apprehensive about their goaltending the entire year. Like they could have the best team save percentage in the league for 82, and I would still be like, ah, is their goaltending good enough? But Beyond that, like they just, they look good to me. Like they're just, they look like a problem. Coming into this season, I think a lot of people would acknowledge that Alex Ovechkin is not the player he used to be, right? This is a guy approaching 40. It's not fair to expect him to be as dynamic as he was in his younger years, but the goals continue to come, right? Like talking about 92 goals over the previous two seasons. And so people began to treat the idea that he would break Gretzky's goal record as kind of inevitable. Like it's going to take, whether it's going to take two years or three years, like this is a place he's going to get to. And then at the beginning of this season, the Capitals look just dreadful. He has a couple games in a row with no shots, which is totally unprecedented for him. And the question is starting to creep back in, right? Like is, he going to have the juice for this. And, you know, it's always sounds silly because this he's been doubted before. Like there's been moments where people thought that he was falling back to earth and it didn't look that way. But in this year, Washington looks like one of the worst teams on the ice, like in the NHL. You know, we look at some of the tracking data. He's just not moving as quickly as he used to. The shots, not as hard as it used to be. 
And he had this game against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Tuesday as part of the Frozen Frenzy. And he got like a million shots. He got 14 shots in the game. And so you could take that if you didn't watch the game and say, oh, you know, Ovi's back. Like he's got the nose for the net or whatever. But if you watch that game, you weren't impressed with Ovechkin. Like he totally blew a penalty shot. Like even the, the breakaway that started that was not particularly good he got a lot of not very dangerous looks on the power play that joseph wool pretty much squared up and i came away from that game thinking like yeah that maybe this guy can put a bunch of shots on that maybe it's not going to be you know difficulty getting his attempts but uh, i'm yeah starting to feel a little differently about ovi than i did entering the year so i think it's it's a bit of a, a spider web to untangle so the first and foremost, I'll say off top, I still think Ovechkin is going to get the record. And the reason I think that is because he very much seems to me like a guy that will play as long as humanly possible to get that record. Like if he's getting 10 goals at 15 Yeah, I mean, goals, he could go Yager mode, right? Like he, he doesn't have to yeah. happen in the next two years. Yeah. Whereas Sidney Crosby, for example, strikes me as a guy that like once he's not at a certain level, he's going to hang him up because he's not going to want to play to such a low standard. Uh, unless he's like somehow like, you know, a part of like a it would not be on Pittsburgh, but it would be, you know, a lower a player lower on the depth chart on like a cup contender if he wanted to chase rings. But he has three like I like Sid very much to me seems once he's like done, he's done. Ovechkin, I think, would hang on to every last second of it. The reason I think that's a spider web is to your point, Washington, like they're not a good team. Like there's they're stuck in purgatory of transitioning from the old guard to the new guard. And like the new guard is not Dylan Stroman and Sonny Milano, right? Like it, like they need like a real one. Like they're going to actually have to rebuild. And to do that, they're going to have to be bad. And they're going to have to trade away all their vets at some point or at minimum clear the deck of them and figure it out. All Like they're going to have to start from scratch. Like there's not a ton there. So are they going to stomach being bad and just, going through the Ovechkin goal race for some like three to five years right now, or at some point in that process, are they going to say like, we want to build and like get back to winning? Like are you know, fans going to stop coming like that rink looked empty. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's, it's only so fun to watch this, right? Like it's fun to watch it the moment he gets really close to it, but for the year and a bit, two years, three years where he's crawling towards it, potentially like that's not fun to watch. And like this Washington team is, yeah, it's a bad team right now. It's sort of a two-part problem, right? Problem one, Ovechkin is becoming more reliant on the players around him to create opportunities because he's just not as fast as he used to be. He's not as dynamic. Number two, the players around him are getting worse. So it's like if you're on a team that was somehow on the upswing that had elite players that could feed him the puck in dangerous spots on the power play consistently and you know would get, get him that offensive zone time he needs to succeed, then this would be a lot less painful. But it seems like, as you said, the old guard of this team is sort of crumbling. The new guard is mediocre at best to non-existent if you want to be really bearish on it. And yeah. it's just hard to envision where he goes. And again, like these type of conversations have been had before. And then Ovechkin goes on to score more than people expect. That could easily happen again this year. But it just it just feels a little bit different because the Capitals feel like that team that is like not even, I don't think not even really going to be on the periphery of the playoff race, like just truly one of those bad teams in the league. 
and it's tough to get what he wants to get done. Like the power play on that team has been nothing so far this year. And it'll be better than that, but yeah, it's not going to be good. Like the old days, like he's not going to score, I don't know, 25 power play goals. I, I mean, the only thing, like, I don't think he's going to get 25 power play goals, but like, I think he'll at least be a genuine weapon, like, like an actual, like just normal weapon still on the power play. Even if the, I, I think the shot will come along a little bit, you know, so like, he's going to be something like, he's still like a trigger man. He still knows how to find the net from his spot. Like he's been doing it for so long. I, I think he'll figure it out to some degree on the power play. I, I think at five on five is where I get concerned for his goal. I mean, Right now, he's playing with Dylan Strome and Matthew Phillips. Like, Matthew Phillips is, you know, mid-20s, never playing the league before. Dylan Strome is, like, an okay player. But, you know, on a good team, is is he a, a 2C even? I would say oh, no, man. right? Like, like a real team, like a, a mediocre team, sure. But, like, a real, like, an actual good hockey team, I don't think so. And, like, those are his line mates. Like, a guy who, like, might not stick in the NHL. And a guy who's like realistically like a scoring three C on a contender. And then and then you watch his game and this like obviously he doesn't have the burst anymore. Like he's not like coming down the wall the way he used to and and like ripping it through guys' legs. Like defensemen used to be terrified, right? It's like this guy'll skate around me, he'll destroy me and get to the net, or he will rip one through my legs that I actually hope doesn't hit me because it's gonna hurt and shelf it. Like he doesn't have those things really in his bag anymore. Like what he has in his bag, which I I still will say that I think he's solid at is standing on the power play. On he's his got circle. a spot. Yeah. He knows and, where to be and he knows right? how to fire. Like yeah. you're right. And, and also, you know, his size used to be such a big. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Part of what made him effective, right? Like how he could use his body, his size. And, so, and that's not like that went away, but when the mobility aspect comes out of that. It's just harder to be in those situations where you're sheltering the puck and where you're kind of bruising your way to the front. Like he's just, he's almost not there to get those opportunities. And yeah, five on five is going to be a really big problem this year for that team, for him overall. And yeah, I think my read on the situation right now is just, this is something that was supposed to be fun and it's just not going to be fun. It feels a little bit like Patrick Marlowe on the Sharks at the end, you know, where he was kind of dragging it out for the Ironman streak there. And that team was terrible. And, I, you know, everyone kind of was like, well, like you're just you're kind of like milking it along. A little. I mean, hey, if you got the goal record, like no one even thought that was possible. So I'm not oh, comparing and, that piece of it and to, to be an fair, Ironman like record. Like it's still insane incredible like he's probably the best goal scorer of all time when you think of the era and make those adjustments like this is not an Alex Ovechkin was never a good player conversation or like that he doesn't deserve to be celebrated conversation he absolutely does incredible one of the best things we've ever seen watching hockey uh it's just it kind of sucks it's gonna like go down like this yeah 
On Tuesday night, the NHL had what it called, I don't know if it was ESPN, who, I don't know who came up with the name. It was called Frozen Frenzy, all of the NHL teams in action at one time, and then a broadcast associated with that that was kind of like the equivalent of NFL Red Zone, where people were coming in and out of games as they were happening. It's an interesting thing, because first of all, I, I want to prize situations where, especially American networks, to be honest, are putting hockey first and foremost and you know, making a big deal and celebrating the sport. On the other hand, having watched this broadcast, it is not a sport that lends itself to that in an obvious way. Like it, it was yeah. very weird to see. Like it is cool that this is happening. It's great that you know ESPN is kind of well, ESPN two uh, is going all in on on NHL right here. On the flip side, it just kind of reaffirmed part of what I think makes hockey great, which is that you don't know what the exciting part is going to be, right? Like things, situations arise out of a millisecond, out of a turnover, out of a hit or a stretch pass that on the broadcast you never thought was a possibility until, bam, you see it, the guys on the breakaway score. And so as a result, you're watching a whole bunch of replays, essentially. I don't know, like, Anthony, what was your take on sort of the idea of Frozen Frenzy and having all these at once? Were you of the Lalonde model that it wasn't a good idea or is this something you'd like to see more of? So, so full disclosure, living in Toronto, I mean, I did not have access to Frozen Frenzy, like, and which is crazy to me because, like, not only do I pay for every Sportsnet and TSN channel under the hood, I also pay for Center Ice, and so yeah, like, I wild. like the idea. It's just like the execution of it. It's always there's always something where you just go, why? Like, you know, it's the NBA season debut. It is. MLB game seven about to go to the series. Like, like that was an unbelievable series. Like I was enthralled by it and, and tuning to it at times. And I'm flipping through game center. Cause I just wanted to try it and see what was going on. And I figured, okay, maybe it's not on, on sports or TSM, but, but to even pay for the broader NHL product and not get it. It's just like so many hurdles to jump through. That said, without having watched it other than the odd clip here or there on, you know, YouTube and whatever, I like the idea. I think I think the American sports fan in particular gravitates to this idea of of something is an event and you sit and you watch for hours and it flips between various games and you don't have to do any thinking, really. You just sit back and enjoy it. I think, a, a, you know, even just. I'm saying American because that's obviously the market they're trying to grow in more, which is what they should. It's a way bigger market than Canada. But I think a lot of Canadians can get into it, too. You know, I I want to see ways for people to get more involved into the game. So I'm never going to slag the general idea, just the execution of it. I think that for hockey in particular, just because there's so many teams and the way that you have to do it, it probably does make more sense to start it on a Saturday afternoon. You know, it starts at, you know, one, three o'clock and it kind of just goes throughout the day. And it's something you can have on in the background and it flags goals and power plays. And that that's a lot more attractive to me than a midweek six to 11 run. Like, you know, that's late. People got to work, et cetera. I just I like it. Just it, it they need to clean it up. Yeah, the timing was bizarre. Like you said, like the putting it yeah. against the beginning of the NBA season is just insane right like the reality is that in Ludicrous. the states and as you mentioned like that is the market that they're trying to grow here in the states nba 
I don't even, I can't even think of a market that would be higher on NHL than NBA, to be honest. Like, even if you go to the biggest hockey hotbeds in the United States, like you go to Minnesota, you go to Boston or whatever, I think you'd still have people comfortably more in support of the Timberwolves than the Wild. They're more in support of the Celtics than the Bruins. Um, and th- there might be one that I'm not picking off off the top of my head, but like the reality is like the NBA's opening night is a huge deal. And I just don't understand why you couldn't have done yeah. this earlier in the, like to start the season or to pick a Saturday like I've been talking for a while about the idea of doing something around Canadian Thanksgiving I know this wasn't wasn't like uh, a Canadian specific event but like again just yeah. finding a time to do that that made sense I do like the idea of let's have events during the season that feel like they matter more than just your 100%. everyday game and so they've been doing this with the outdoor games right and you could argue about the success of that some are kind of people care about them more than others but i like that i like that impulse because i think in sort of north american sports right now there's a lot of fans who question why am i watching the regular season like you look at mob right now and yeah. the teams that make it to the world series and i know that sport is structured differently that it allows for that but NBA, like a lot of teams rest guys and they kind of dog it and they don't really care if they're the fourth seed or the third seed. Like you saw a lot of LeBron's teams back in the day would enter the playoffs as like the third seed, but everyone knew that they were the best team. It was just the way it was. And so a lot of fans, I think, are conditioned to question whether regular season is worth their time. So anything that you can do that can make regular season action, even the NBA's in-season tournament, which I don't think people really care about, and there's been a lot of negative first reaction to that, I still think it's a good idea to try and capture that. Whether that's the right, right way to do it or not, you can debate. But the NHL, at the very least, seems to have the right idea that they need to create events on their calendar from October to April that matter. I don't know if Frozen Frenzy is that or can be that, but I do like that in a way, you know, because we criticize the NHL all the time for they don't know how to market the league. They don't know how to market the players. Uh, some of the attempts to bring in the Southern American fan have been clumsy. Like we've, we chirp Batman a lot for all the stubbornness related to Arizona. Like there's a lot of that talk and a lot of it's valid. But I think on the same, by the same token, we do need to give some credit where credit's due and some credit is deserved for these efforts to have punchy moments in the regular season. And like, I have a a bit of a funny anecdotal story sort of on this whole overall topic, uh, which you'll appreciate because I know you're a Seahawks fan like myself. And a few weeks ago, I was at the Seahawks Giants Monday night football game and I just so happened to be sitting beside Seahawks fan. So I was like, awesome. I'm not going to get booed and. And so whatever, I chat up the guy, he's, he's from the surrounding area, turns out he's um, a Seahawks fan. Awesome. We're talking and, and talking about football and, and the schedule. And um, to my surprise, he he said at, at one point, he's like, yeah, it's, it's like, oh, it's like you and you're here with your partner, you guys into football, all that. And he goes, yeah, but you know, we've been really getting into hockey lately. And I was like, oh, that. You know, I did not expect nice. to, to hear, hear that in a thing. And so I said, why? And he said, well, Seattle just got a team. And so because we're Seahawks fans, we decided to, you know, follow the Kraken. And, you know, he he was blown away by it. He's like, this is awesome. Like, what a sport. Like, I love the playoffs. I loved the whole thing. And I really just came away from it. You know, and obviously it's just it's a one off story, but it's really that 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 message of. They just need to get the product in front of people better. And even something like last night, which I think, at, you know, at its core is a really good idea. It was just, it was just executed in a way where, you're, you know, 
the NBA season opening was not a surprise. Like that that was announced in the summer. You knew when that day was going to be. You didn't have to do it on that day. You could have picked a different day, right? You like you got to find ways to just get the product in front of people. When I hear talk of, um, oh, let's do a midseason tournament for interest, or let's expand the playoff pool, or let's do a play in tournament, like all these charade things. I sit, I sit there just as a, as a fan and, and a long time invested fan and, and say, this is not the way like, I think this is actively would turn away a lot of people who enjoy the sport. Like I don't find that fun. I think your job is actually to just market the sport better. It's not to be gimmicky because it is a great sport. And I think when people watch it, they love it. And I think if you're able to just get people you know, as someone who's a fan of one team, maybe just get other games in front of people's faces a little bit more. They might be more inclined to just watch the odd hockey game or whatever the case is because of, you know, star players are playing or it's a rivalry or whatever the case is. And I just, I think that's got to be the goal. I think this is one way to do it. I just think they need to clean up how they go about, you know, executing it. Yeah. And like, obviously we're going to be the ones to evangelize for hockey because it's a sport that we care about and that we love, but I do think that you mentioned just sort of the quality of the raw product. It is one of the North American leagues where I feel confident in saying sort of the quality of the product has improved in the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years in a way that you can kind of debate it in other sports. Like in the NBA, is it too yeah. three-point centric now? Like have analytics you know, gotten rid of the mid-range game and made offenses like more predictable and less fun to watch? In baseball, there's tons of debate over strikeouts and walks and home runs and the way people don't run the way they used to. And I know some of that's been tempered by the pitch cloth and whatnot in the nfl you know the way the game is called is so different than it used to be and some people think oh there's no defense in the game anymore there's no toughness and again we don't need to wade into like concussion and cte related debates but i'm just saying that like the nhl is a sport where i feel like a lot of people would tell you it just kind of is getting better and better in the last little bit like it's getting more skilled it's getting faster it's getting more offensive and i feel more confident as someone who cares about hockey to show hockey to someone who's sort of a general sports fan, but doesn't know it. Like I feel more confident showing them the game today than I would have in, I don't know, 2004, like before the lockout or something like that in the kind of grabbing, holding. No lead is safe anymore. Yeah. And so maybe seven hours of hockey this way, six to one is, is not the way that it's exactly going to work for people, but it is nice to see, you know, whether it's ESPN or whether it's the league itself, it's nice to see, them trying and whether it's a full-on 100 success is always going to be up for debate but it is nice to see these events where hockey goes first and foremost and it feels a little bit special When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.